can't grab it, you can declare it with your mouth. We believe life and death is in the power of the tongue, do we? Yes, we do. So let's declare together, this is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Who, uh, who was the person who began doing that? The Holy Spirit laid on their heart. Who was it? John Osteen. John Osteen. Surely the day is coming, and it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them, but for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. You will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws that I gave him at Horeb for all of Israel. Verse 5, see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. I ask you a question, are we living in a day when our land has been stricken with a curse? Absolutely. We bow to you Father, I thank you again.
Well, for me, I'm the kind who went, I love having children. I love the fact that we homeschooled and had a whole pile of time with them. That was even better because those who send their kids off to school see them maybe an hour and a half or two hours. So we were blessed in doing that, but I love being a parent far more than I love being a parent. Say it again. And that is what's happening. So when you get that season, I'll tell you, that is absolutely right. share with you. If you, uh, if you have a notepad, I would like you to take that out. I'm not going to share very long this morning, but I do need to lay a couple things that God has laid in my heart I want to give to you this morning. Specifically, I want to talk to you dads uh, and those who will be fathers about what I want to say is the greatest responsibility that we as men have on this earth journey. And yet, I want to tell you probably the area that we have been least responsibility with the least amount of equipment. We live in a day, and I, I want to just say what you know, we live in a day where 100% of people have a father wound. 100% of people have a father wound because not one of us dads were perfect, and in our best, we wounded our children. Some of us knew how to undo the wound. Most dads don't know how to undo the wound in their child. I'm not even asking you to raise your hand if you had a father wound, because we all did. But just because you're 18 and leave home doesn't mean that wound is healed and you're free. We live in a day where 100% of people have had a father wound. Let me tell you one more. We live in a day today where over 50% of children are being raised in fatherless homes. That is staggering. sheltered from my world, but I remember it's like the first one is like, how, how does this happen? You know as well as I do that as time went on it became the commonplace now it is the majority and over 50% of kids being raised in fatherless homes and the devastating impact on the children's lives in every way, relationally, spiritually, physically, socially we could just go down day where the hearts of most fathers, and I want to say this carefully, even in the body of Christ, where the hearts of most fathers are not toward their children, but are toward a hundred other things that are out there. I would love to be able to say that in the church that wasn't the case. The reality is, in the world, there are some great fathers. In the church, the enemy has captured the heart of many dads and has turned them things greater than their kids. Let me tell you one of the sad ones, and you can tell me all the stories. I can tell you the amount of missionary kids witnessed their parents who gave their lives to the kingdom and abandoned their children. I can tell you the amount of pastor's kids 
truth is, the fallout of our father's heart being turned somewhere else. You look at our prisons. You look at our abortion clinics. You look at the divorce court. You look at the counseling centers. You look at the online gaming world. made a statement, and the ministry of Craig Hill, when he came into our church and was here for a number of years, I want to tell you, God used that ministry powerfully in our lives and in a lot of lives, but I will never forget when Craig Hill made a statement, and he said this, he said, parents, specifically those who have a father wound, he said, parents are usually the number one agent of the enemy to bring wounding in their children's lives. Parents are usually the number one agent of the enemy to bring wounding into their children's lives. Then he said, sometimes not knowing it, but the majority of the time knowing it. Knowing they have issue, seeing how it affects their children, stuck in a place where they go, I don't know how to change it. It is sad to think that the majority of individuals who have experienced wounds have experienced it from a parent as compared to someone else else. What an incredible design. I will never forget when the revelation came to me that as a father to my children, I was in the role were little, when every child is little, they look to the Father. It is designed that way. God designed it in a kid to look to the Father. What the Father says is true, whether it's true or not to the child, what the Father says is true. That Father is the highest authority. The Father's acceptance means I can accept myself. The Father's rejection means something is wrong with me. The Father's approval means I can approve of me. The Father's anger means I did something wrong. No, I am wrong. You ask any child who was raised in a home where there's anger in the father, the effect on them is devastating when it comes to esteem and self-love. I wish it disappeared at 18 years of age. It doesn't. Countless adults, even in the church, live under the curse of an said to me, Colin, you are the picture of God in your children's lives. You are the highest authority to them when they are growing up. Your words are like my words to them growing up. God painted that picture inside of me. I want to tell you that became a motivation. There be some changes in my life. God began stirring me. I remember when God laid in my heart be a dad. 
do what I need to do for my kids. No, I mean, God laid in my heart and said, I want to not just be a good dad, I want to be a great dad. I want to be a godly dad. That was planted inside of me. I believe God plants that inside the heart of every one of the sons who allows him to do that. But I realized that that was going to happen. There were some things that I needed to do in order to make that happen. I want to tell you something. I feel incredibly blessed looking back over the period of time that we were alive. I just want to share with you really quickly part of what God did. Jane and I were married in 1985. Malachi was born in 1990. Zachariah was born in 1993. In 1994, we came to Camels to the church. In 1995, God opened up the world of promise keepers. And I went to the first of about seven or eight conferences. When my two boys were little, before Sam was born, I was exposed to a divine, revolutionary move of God that touched millions of men's lives. I was in a as a football coach, God showed him a vision of stadiums all across the United States filled with men, not to cheer on their sport heroes, but men who came to learn how to be husbands, men who came to learn how to be fathers, lives to be impacted to go home and change a nation for Christ. That was his vision. First one I went to in 1995, we took a busload of, of 45 men from Camrose. We went there to Seattle, to the kingdom, 63,000 men. For one and a half days, sat under the anointing of teachers who spoke into our lives, who called us to be better, who called us higher, who prayed into us, who declared things over us and sent us back. I want to tell you what I've told you all down through time. I saw men change more in one weekend at Promise Keepers than in 10 years of ministry. Don't tell me any encounter with God. speaking to the men, he said, men, you need to realize, he said, when you live in impurity, you think you're hiding it from your children. The truth is, spiritually, you are opening the door for your children's lives to be affected. Men who think they're doing pornography secretly, they have opened the door for that spirit to land on their children. Per perversion to land on their daughters. Perversion to land on their sons. Men who are unfaithful in their marriages open the door for that spirit 
transfer onto their children. They think they're doing it in secret. Let me tell you, in the spirit, nothing is done in secret. We as men are the primary gatekeepers in our homes, protecting our wife, protecting our children. When I open the door up to the enemy in my home, everybody is affected, whether I think I'm keeping it secret or not. He said as he spoke in that place, he was talking to 300 men. He said God laid on his heart to call the men out who were having affairs, both emotional and physical affairs with other men. He said at the end of the message, he held up a porter and he said, God has called me here in order to challenge you men to make a decision tonight to decide to release that extra woman in your life, to repent, to restore your marriage, and become the father of your children. He held up a porter.
Jesus made a crazy statement. He said it is not the man who sleeps with someone who's committing adultery. He goes, it's the man who cannot tame his mind and lets it wander and thinks about it, not just does it. God turns the heart of fathers back to their children and deals with their mind. I want to tell you what you already know. Being a good father does not naturally happen. There has never been a man who was born to naturally be a good father. No. Being a good father is an intentional, deliberate decision that some men make and some men never make. I want to share with you four things. Men, this is specifically for you. Women, you don't need to write this down because your man will. He will remember. I'm talking specifically to fathers and those who are going to be fathers today. I want to share four things. Intentionality. Four things that will empower us to succeed in the high calling that God has given us to be the fathers to our children. Would you write down the first one? Number one is deal with your earthly dad. Deal with your earthly dad. Unconsciously, when we are raised in a home, our father is that God-like picture to us is the one who paints the picture of God, but that Father is the one we look to, and He has the power, whether He knows it or not, to build us and give us life, or destroy us and bring wounding that brings death. Whether He knows it or not, the Father has been given that power. Every one of us as men had a Father. I was wounded by my dad. I have wounded my children. My children will wound their children. That is a reality. When I grow up and I'm carrying a wound from my father, there are men who carry that wound their entire life. And as a result of it, continue to wound others. The truth is, the wounding I received, God said, Colin, I want to heal it. I want to deal with it so that that wounding does not continue to flow through you. some of you men, and there are some of you who are listening today to the sound of my voice, there are some of you men who are carrying a father wound, you are 50, 60, 70, 80 years of age, and you have never dealt with that wound, and as a result of that, it has affected your marriage and affected your parenting. But more than that, it is still affecting your life. Just because our fathers pass away does not mean the wounds that we carry from them pass away as well and we're instantly free. Wouldn't that be amazing? Men, we need to deal with our father wounds. The vast majority of men never will. The vast majority of men will never admit to their weakness. They will never admit to their wound. They will never admit to their fault. They will never expose that because they don't want to appear weak. They don't want to appear wounded. I'll tell you straight up, when it comes to dealing with the wounds that us as men and us as fathers carry, the reality is we usually need someone else to help us through that. I couldn't do it alone. 
school, they're on their own, done university, I'm done my job. Can I tell you? The older they become, the more important our job is probably to become. Then you apply to a pile of men and say, my job is done. That's a life of Fathers, we need to find healthy fathers. tell you what you know, there is a pile of men out there who have taken the position of passive parenting. Passive. Basically, they do the bare minimum. Basically, they do what they have to. They do what they think comes naturally. They somehow believe that because they have the ability to deposit a sperm inside of their wife and all of a sudden comes a child, that the ability to be a good father just goes along with that. tell you depositing sperm does not make you a good father, does not make you a great father. But there are those who are absolutely passive and go, I'll just do what I need to do. On the other side of it, there are those who go, I want to be the kind of father, and if it's going to happen, only I'm going to make it happen. There are passive and there are active fathers out there. I want to tell you, in the 1990s, and I believe this was a spiritual move of God, there was an explosion of fathering material that hit the world. There were books that were written on fathering that had never been written before. There were video series that had never been made before. There were conferences that had never happened before. There was an explosion. God released a Malachi anointing, turning the hearts of fathers and preparing them for those who would pick it up. Can I tell you? There were thousands who picked it up. There were millions who didn't. I want to tell you what you already know. There are men who have never written, I mean, never read a single book on fathering in their entire life. Their father. Let me tell you why I'm not prime minister, because if I was prime you a great dad. No, it's something we need to pick up and go, this is what I want to do. 
I'm gonna do it. Can I tell you one of the saddest things, and I don't want you to raise your hand, lady? I have watched this over and over and over. There are women who will read a book and they finish reading it and they go, seems too easy to go, boy, that's what my dad did, so I'm going to do that, and that was great, and that, that is few and far between. But can I tell you, for those of us who know God as our Father, we have a great Father. I will never forget, I will never forget when the Lord said to me, Paul, I want you to begin saying to your children what I say to you. I want you to begin saying to your children what I say to you. God began speaking things into my life as his son, I needed to hear them because my father, nobody around me was saying it. God was
was speaking things into me. He said, Colin, now tell that to your kid. How do you say to your child, I love the way God made you, unless you hear from God, Call, I love the way I made you.
they have experienced from their own fathers. Father, you are healing, you are delivering, you are setting men free to be healthy. become as deliberate in their fathering as they are in any other area of their life of interest. And though we may have done it wrong for years, you give the ability and the power to begin doing it right tomorrow. Watching you undo what the enemy has done. Release a grace over to begin to read, a heart to begin to be taught. 